Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I'm pleased to welcome back again my friend, Jason Waters. Jason, hey. how are you, buddy? I am doing amazing. Great to be here. Good good to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it hasn't been that long since we chatted. We did the uh, the Kevin Smith episode not too long ago. That one's getting great feedback. Yeah, I hope so. A yeah. lot of people reached out to me and said, you know, I haven't watched a Kevin Smith film in years. I'm listening <laughs> to that episode. Made me go back and watch right? Clerks yeah, and I know. Amy, and I did too. I mean, I went back and... And and I just want when we did that episode, we talked about Jay and Silent Bob the reboot. Yes, and we had left it off, left left it on the idea that I would you watch, would go it. back and watch it. And I just want the record to show that I tried. <laughs> oh, did I try? Did I Man. try? I couldn't do it. Uh, I but couldn't do it. Did you get? Did you get to the scene that I told you? The when Silent Bob does the scene at the the Klan rally. Well, you sent that you sent that clip to yeah. me on YouTube, and I watched it. And that okay, was, that was hilarious. That, that's I mean, just that one part alone makes the movie worth it. That was hilarious. So we're both in our forties. Yep. Okay. We remember the eighties, but our generation, our decade, it's the nineties. It's the nineties. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's the nineties. Yep. I graduated in nineteen ninety six. Ninety seven. When I got my first apartment that same year, when I turned eighteen. I purposely found an apartment that was within walking distance of a multiplex. That was that was super important to me. Uh, that particular year, I remember seeing The Rock in the theater. I mean, uh, I saw everything yeah. in the theater. I was going to 150 <clears throat> movies a year, three times a week. So I went to Florida State, and I'm, as a student in the dorms, you would they had a two theater um, down at the campus, and you got free admission if you were a student. I mean, the concessions were oh. out the ass, but. Yeah, so I watched a ton of movies in my first two years, uh, so 97, 98. And that's then, awesome. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I say all this because, as the title of this episode says, we're going to be talking about a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage. Yes. And I think throughout this discussion, we're going to, there'll be callbacks to some of our favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Absolutely. I have to tell you that. I talk about anticipated movies this year. I've talked about Top Gun being my most anticipated movie. I'm very curious to see Avatar 2, which comes out in December. Yep. Word is that the trailer for that uh, will be out. It's, it's going to be attached to the Doctor Strange really? movie. Yeah. So okay. I might have to do. I might have to do one of those numbers that I did. In 1998, buy a ticket for Meet Joe Black just, just, just to watch the-, the Star Wars trailer and then leave. <laughs> I wasn't going to sit through a three-hour Brad Pitt Meet Joe Black. Uh, I actually like that movie. Well, there's a great. There was a great Saturday Night Live bit. Uh, I, I think it was Norm Macdonald when he what? said, "Meet Joe Black. He's in the red." Because the movie. <laughs> um, that's a clear Forlani, so I appreciate sure. that, that movie. Sure. Uh, so. When this movie came on my radar, maybe only about a month ago, like it, I, I watched the trailer and I said, you know, there's no one else that I want to see a movie like a movie like that has this subject matter. Yeah. Nick Cage playing himself. And and we're going to get into it, obviously, because we've seen the movie and, and really kind of not in a self-deprecating type way, but recognizing the ups and downs and the follies, if you will, of his career. He totally makes fun of his career, but in a, in that very self-deprecating way, I think. And, um, the way he behaves in this movie, you know, it's, it's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. Yeah. So there's still that, that level there, but the way that he perceives himself, 
there's there's a pretty good mirror there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, shout out to friend of the show Jason Cabell, writer director Jason Cabell, who did Running with the Devil in 2019. That's Nick Cage was in. Um, you know, he got a chance to direct him, and he's you know he spoke very very highly of Nicolas Cage. Before we get into the movie itself, I just kind of want to to look at his trajectory, if you will. Like, oh man, like. And- so I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't want to gloss over his career, but I just want to kind of quickly go through some of the highlights uh, yeah. and the trajectory. And uh, when I was l- just doing a little research, shocking how many movies this man has been in. It's ridiculous. So I, I looked it up. Um, starting in 1982, 107 movies credited. It's 107 movies since 1982. But as everyone knows how many movies he's been in just recently since 2010 48 movies since 2010 the last 12 years that works out to four movies a year that's insane that's insane to be able to take on that many parts and we're not talking about and i no disrespect whatsoever but the bruce willis type movie where you're on for 20 30 minutes a day some of those movies like Mandy Pig. I mean, it's a full on Nick Cage show. Nick Cage starts off in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, 1982. He goes under the name. I think he, he he's credited as Nicholas Coppola because we yeah. all know he is the, the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Um, and I'm just going to point out that between 82 up until I'm going to say up till 95, because there's a movie there, you know, he is. He is not the action star. He is not an action star no. at all. I mean, we're talking about movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Valley Girl, Rumblefish, you know, Peggy Sue Got Married, Raising Arizona, Moonstruck, which he, I yeah, just recently rewatched. I drama, mean, romantic comedies. Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. Time to Kill. Firebirds. Have you ever seen Firebirds? Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not good. Um, he had, that's him trying to do an action movie. Now, Firebirds was billed as sort of the top gun for the Apache helicopter. Yeah. Uh, and it actually has Tommy Lee Jones and Sean Young in it. Yeah. And it, boy, it's not good. It's no. not a good movie. And he's, he, he hadn't found his action movie persona by that point. That was 1990. Yeah. That was, that was his foray into that, that big genre that was coming. I mean, this is after, was it Iron Eagle? Iron Eagle, yeah, Iron Eagle's 86. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I liked the movie. I thought it was good. I tried to rewatch it because I'm like you, I went on a big Nick Cage kick knowing that I was going to be watching this film. And I appreciate the fact that it's, you know, it's 1990. So those are real helicopters and real helicopter stunt work yeah. and all that stuff. So I, I can, I respect that. Just didn't, I'm watching Nick Cage and I'm, all I'm saying to myself is you, you haven't found it yet, but God, no. it's there. It's, it's close. almost there. Right there. It's almost there. Then we're going to get into 92 with Honeymoon in Vegas, Guarding yeah. Tess, It Could Happen to You, Trapped in Paradise, which is an often underlooked. I, I, I have not seen that one. Okay, so I have it's not, not, seen not great, but it's one of those ones where it's just watchable. You know, okay. it, it's just a movie that if you're just if hung it's over, on, you're just like, if you're hung over laying on the couch one Sunday morning and it's on yeah. TNT, you, you're not going <laughs> to turn it off. It's pleasant. I'll okay. say that. Dana Carvey. Uh, he's he's doing an interesting choice with his voice in that movie. John Lovitz is oh. great in the film. Okay. Then we get into 95. 95 is a really pivotal time for Nick Cage. He goes yes. through quite a change here. Two movies come out that year. 
Okay. The first one is Kiss of Death. Now, why is Kiss of Death important? Not because Nick Cage is in it, but because if for our older listeners, people our age, you'll remember there was a show called NYPD, NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue. Stephen Bochco, NYPD yep. Blue. And that first season of NYPD, do, <laughs> NYPD Blue had David Caruso in it. And he thought he was the next Nick Cage. And he thought, he said, I am not going to waste my time on broadcast television. Yep. I am going to go out in the world and I'm going to become the biggest movie star ever. Yep. And he had two movies back to back come out and they were just utter flops. Yep. Kiss of Death and Jade. Oh, Jade was the worst. Jade. But watching Kiss of Death, you watch it because Nick Cage, his character Junior in this one. Yeah. Oh, he's menacing. So, and, and he looks massive. He does. Um, and I actually, and I hope by the time this, this comes out, it's still out there. So anybody who's got Apple TV right now, the Nick Cage section is on Apple TV. Every single one of his movies, four ninety nine. Ah. So I picked up, I, I saw, I haven't, I have not rewatched that one yet, but I picked up like, 10 movies in the last, you know, week and a half. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It was great. The other movie that comes out in 1995 um, is unquestionably one of his best performances that he's ever, ever been in. Yeah. And that, of course, is Leaving Las Vegas. Yep. In which he plays an alcoholic who decides to just drink himself to just, death. That's it. And, I'm and, done. I know exactly what I want, and here's what it is. He is so good in that movie. And, of course, he wins an Academy Award for Best Actor, rightfully so, well-deserved. Golden Globe, too. Golden Globe. But I will challenge you on this one. I never want to watch that movie again. As being someone in their 40s who enjoys alcohol. Um, I'll admit to being hungover as we're, <laughs> as we're recording this. It's, it's, a diff- it, it is, um, it's one of those movies that, yeah, I, I have a hard time rewatching. I have not seen it in probably 10 years, but... It had an impact on me when I did see yeah. it, and um, he won that award rightfully. So, and I can't, I still can't believe Elizabeth Shue didn't win for her no, I portrayal. Know. She, she was I mean, so good in that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, there is a monumental shift in Nick Cage's career. Yep. And I mentioned it, 1996. He stars in a little action movie directed by Michael Bay called The Rock. The Rock. And this is Nick Cage as an action mo- movie star. <laughs> And I mean, I've said it a hundred times before. I I love The Rock, one oh, of my all time favorite action movies. It is. I I rewatched it two weeks ago. I, I I'll I'll rewatch the edited versions on TNT. I mean, just his his dialogue on there was just spot on. His interactions with Sean Connery, mm-hmm. he's the you know the the lab geek who becomes the hero. And I mean, cut the chit chat a hole. <laughs> I mean, just. Everything that comes out of his mouth Carlo is gold. was the prom queen. <laughs> uh, so this is going to kick off action movie yeah. star Nick Cage. So now we're looking at uh, in 97. God, you want to talk about the one-two punch of Con Air and Face Off in the same year. Fa- so I just finished watching Face Off uh 36 minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> Again, for probably the 15th time. Yeah. And I, as I'm watching it, I'm just going, how, how do I not watch this once a year? Hmm. It's so good. I mean, not just Nick Cage, but John Travolta. Oh, yeah. So it's John Travolta playing Nick Cage, Nick Cage playing John Travolta. It, it's, it's mind boggling, but the action alone, 
to this day, holds up. I'm on the edge of my seat still. It's my second favorite John Woo movie. Uh, it's my second favorite American John okay. Woo movie. Okay. What has he done? He he did um, he did the second Mission Impossible movie. He did Broken Arrow, Face Off. But my Another favorite, yeah. my favorite John Woo American movie okay. is, of course, Hard Target. Yeah. And I, I love, I just listen to JCVD uh, with the mullet. Uh, it's the best. He plays. It's listen, right. it's absurdly bad movie, but I just, <laughs> we'll so, save that one for another it, listen, day because Wilford Brimley on a horse with a Cajun accent. Uh, you you don't get any better than that. Uh, you say diabetes and Cajun <laughs> accent. <laughs> so th- then he just he's going to continue on. This the streak is going to keep going. So he's going to do City of Angels, which I've actually never seen. That's with Meg Ryan. Really, I'm familiar. That's with the, the date movie, right? That's there. the Goo Goo Dolls song. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I won't give you the spoiler in that, but. I watched that movie and I was about, I don't know, two thirds of the way through. And when the third act started, I was ready to walk out. Oh, one of the best starts to a movie. And one of those that I just, I can't watch to this day because of what happens in the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I want to talk about real quick is, uh, came out in 1999. Okay, well, two movies. He did two movies in 1999. Bring out, bringing out the dead, Martin Scorsese film, which I felt like that was Scorsese <sighs> trying to do Oliver Stone. Yeah, you know, like that's how I kind of felt that movie. It wasn't my favorite. I, I didn't. I've only seen it the one time in the theater, and I've never had a desire to rewatch yeah. it. However, the other movie that came out in 1999, little known secret about me. Okay, <laughs> soon to be known secret about you. I went to the movies a lot. Okay, and by this point. I'm living in Florida. I'm living in Ocala. Okay. I had an apartment right behind the Boulevard 6 movie theater. You know okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I, I actually, when I was a kid, I lived behind, right, right behind there. My buddy John was the manager of this movie theater. Okay. So I got to see everything for free. Oh, nice. Okay. And then he had to splice the movies together because movies were still on film back then. That's he actually had to put the movies together. A little cigarette together. bird in the corner. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then he would, he, would have to, he would have to screen them and make sure, they were, make sure everything was okay. So I got to see a lot of the big movies of 1999 at, mid, at midnight, you know, off the record midnight screenings. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I say this because I, was, I would hang out there even when I wasn't watching movies. I would just hang out there like on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. And just shoot the shit with John in between screenings. So they oh, show fun. movies at one, four, yeah. know, seven, whatever. So John short staffed on this particular shift. So he's working little concession area as well. So I'm just kind of hanging out at the counter and over the course between one and one forty five, over the course of 45 minutes, a cavalcade of people keep exiting the movie theater, this particular, this particular <laughs> movie and start yelling at John. <laughs> How on earth could you? ever show something like this that's the most vile and disgusting thing i've ever seen on my you should be ashamed of yourself and i'm just like and i was like i gotta see this movie <laughs> it was eight millimeter eight millimeter eight i was gonna say yeah which is that's a tough movie. that's a joaquin phoenix when you dance with the devil devil changes you you don't change the devil yeah. oh. and yeah that is a that is a tough Tough movie. It's that I, hard to watch. I, by the Joel time Schumacher movie, right? No, no, is it? I think it is. Hold on, I think I. But I tell you, that's one of those that when you get to the end of it, and it, you see it's a Joel Schumacher film, you see Nick Cage at the end of it, just the shell of a man that he was. Yeah. That's how you feel when you get done watching the movie. You're just like, 
this shit really fucking happens? Like, you got Gandolfini in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you said, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix. Well, and I, I wish I could remember the name of the actor, but um, I know this now because I just finished Face Off. The guy that he's trying to save in Face Off that ends up falling in the prison is the guy in 8mm. Oh, okay. The bad, the bad guy. The bad guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, um, the villain. Uh, but still, yeah, 8mm. It's, it's definitely on that list of films that you need to see, but you don't need to oh, see. Oh, see, I can't even – I don't even know if I can give it a proper endorsement. Like, it was – it was whew, for me like I didn't finish it that first time. No, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I I joined the parade. I was walking out. I was like, "This is man." Like, it, it's here's the thing. The thing about movies is we watch movies to escape, to escape our realities, our humdrum, you know, lives, and we like to live vicariously for a couple of hours through characters on screen. Yeah, and I just felt dirty watching that movie like this is the one of the most unpleasant experiences i've had in the cinema since watching well i mean uh i've seen the human centipede and i have not seen the human centipede i can't okay okay no i can't here's 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 me telling you this the first one <laughs> is it's wretched <laughs> and it's fairly rough but it is implied horror Okay, it is implied. It's like seven. Yeah. It's like it's your imagination is far worse. Yeah. Okay. The sequel, uh, because there's not enough of that in the first one. If I the see the conceit of the sequel is that we that it's the real world where the movie the human centipede exists, <sighs> and the this guy is obsessed with creating his own, but he's not a doctor, and it is. <laughs> I, so I saw the South Park version of that, yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm completely happy with seeing it that. It is the most, and I'll ne- no, I I can't unsee. It's uh, that's the biggest regret I have in my life when it comes to a movie. Like I okay. can't unsee what I saw in that film, and and I'm, I'm this is not me telling people go go seek this out. I couldn't <laughs> fucking believe it. It was on Netflix. No, no way. It was on fucking oh. Netflix. Yeah. And then, then there was no. a third one. I'm like, I'm out. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna get me. So the first one is disturbing and and disgusting but it's more in your head okay but the second one is just he, like the director tom six is literally trying to shock the hell out of the world yeah he succeeds no i don't need that no you no, don't no but like you said that's i go to movies so that i can shut my brain off for two hours and enjoy yeah. something on the screen that makes sense so this is why Eight millimeter doesn't work for me because I can't live vicariously through Nick Cage's character, any of the characters. No. Like I don't want, I don't want anything to do. I don't want any well, part of this. I, the only thing I'll give you in that is so for those who d- have not seen the movie, Nick Cage is investigating a, whether or not a snuff film is real, which that's, is basically a porn that someone dies in. That's correct. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately we now live in a world where yeah. that's a hundred percent real. Yeah, that's like Thursday on the internet. Yeah, yeah um, that's, that's literally articles on the New York Post. Uh, but um, but I will say what I got out of that movie was that his scene talking to the, the girl's mother, wanting to know if she wants vengeance. I think that was one of the better roles Nick Cage has played okay. because. He was so emotional throughout the entire thing. Well, yep. well crafted character. So we're gonna go to 2000. Okay, I don't know. This is where I like. I love 90s Nick Cage, and he loses me a little bit in the the 20 the, in the 2000s. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, first movie on the list here is Gone in 60 Seconds, which I don't like at all. At all. This is the precursor to Fast and the Furious. This is like, right, like, I think Fast and Furious came out the next year. I think it came out in 2001. Uh, uh, Angelina Jolie, Fast Cars. Yeah, just. It's just, it's too it's, much. There's it's, too much going on in that movie. It did not need to be Nick Cage. It needed to be a younger actor. It yeah. needed to be Fast and the Furious. Like, when they decide, when they're like, all right, low rider. And, they, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, if people love it, great. It's not for me. Now, the next one on the list, The Family Man. I love that movie. That was a great movie. I think that's a great movie. Yeah. I've watched that two or three times. Yeah. I, I love that movie. And this is where this is where where and what I love about Nick Cage is, unlike Tom Hanks or you know any of these other big actors, he's not doing like drama, drama, drama. It's from the onset, it's action, comedy, drama, romantic comedy, you know, heartfelt comedy, horror. I mean, yeah. just <laughs> he just transcends all of the genres and can just move, you know, quickly through all of them. It just it's it's amazing. In two thousand and one, he is in Captain Corelli's Mandolin, <laughs> which which by the way, I should we should point out every time. A movie, one of his movies is referenced in, in, in The that Unbearable. A, yeah, because that, 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 that <laughs> I thought you were great in that movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to get to, I can't wait to talk about this movie. I can't, 2002, a uh, couple good movies here, okay? Uh, well, Adaptation is excellent movie. Uh, Charlie Kaufman, excellent movie. Wind Talkers. What do you think of Wind Talkers? That's another John Woo movie. Uh, so I love the premise of it because I, you know, I studied a I was a history major in uh, college, but I didn't like it. I, it's brutal in some it, parts. It is. So so for those who haven't seen Wind Talkers, the premise of the movie is that in the Pacific portion of World War II, uh, the U.S. Army is using uh, Navajo code talkers, the, the the Navajo language to translate, so so yeah. they can they can broadcast secret messages and, and transmissions and stuff because which is still never broken. This yeah, it's still never because broken. they just couldn't understand they it. Could, yeah, and so the, the 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 movie basically is that Nick Cage and, the, and and company they have to protect these code talkers. Yeah, and when I say protect the code talkers, they have to protect the code more than anything else. So that's yeah. like, that's a really heavy premise that like. If one of your guys gets captured by the Jap, you have to kill it's him. Your turn, yeah, and yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's rough, and and poor Christian Slater. Ooh, does he <laughs> does he meet his demise? So it, it's definitely not in my not my top thirty of Nick Cage movies. Two thousand and three, we're going to get Matchstick Men, which I think is good. I yep. Enjoy that Ridley Scott film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, The Life of David Gale, which I've never seen. Really, I've never seen it. Um, I would watch that more for uh, Kevin Spacey than. Is that the one where he plays the teacher who's been burned? Uh, oh no! Wait, no, no that's that's, that's paid, paid forward. forward yeah, <laughs> this one where he was so. Why did they have to kill Haley Joe Osment uh, in that movie? That's like, another one that like, you watch it and you're just like, "Come on!" I'm like, "Why did you have to kill him? Like, what are you talking about?" Like, yeah. uh, that was like when that happened. And I saw that movie in the theater. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Why did you have to kill him? That's yep. It was so unnecessary. Yeah. The movement had begun. Yeah. Okay, so I need to watch The Life of David Gale. Yeah. That is the one I'm thinking of, right? With Kevin Spacey yeah. and... Um, I okay. think so, yeah. Then we get into 
2005, Lord of War, which I thought was interesting, and I was into it while the movie was playing and then quickly forgot about it when it was over. I think this is where I started to go, oh, he's just going to do any movie they put in front of him. Exactly. I think this was that arc where I just went, all right, so I I don't need to go see every Nick Cage movie that comes out because it's not going to be a winner. I got to do my research because this may be a better rental than oh yeah because the numbers are going to start they start, start skyrocketing really up here so yeah the weatherman uh one time saw it once once, once. M- m- might not have been in the right mindset don't have much of a uh, uh now i'm not going to go through everyone here we're going to start going through this a little bit faster but i do want to uh, want to end this little mini discussion on uh two movies that came out in 2006 okay, okay? the first being world trade center Oliver Stone. Yeah. I saw that in the theater. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's good. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a depressing film. It's, yep. uh, that was, uh, I think United 93 came out maybe that same year or the year before. Yeah. Which yeah. is also good movie, but depressing as hell. It's another one that you go, go to the theater going, all right, I'm going to walk out of there feeling like a champ. It's I like- saw United 93 the day it opened and it was the first, with the exception of when we saw the Batman in theater because that was a special screening. The one and only time that a movie did not have trailers or commercials or oh, really? previews was the, the, the day that United huh. 93. I thought it was interesting. All of a sudden the lights went down and the movie just started. Wow. I was like, Oh yeah, because who wants to attach their trailer to right. a movie about 9-11? Yeah. So yeah, World Trade Centers. It's a good movie. Would you, would you be surprised to learn that movie was entirely shot in Los Angeles? Was it really? With, I mean, obviously they do some establishing shots yeah. in New York, but, but principal photography was all of it was all no done in Los way. Angeles. Yeah. All huh. of the scenes where like, they're first arriving yeah. to, uh, down by the World Trade Center. That's all L.A. No oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he's, he's doing some CGI background buildings yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I would have thought yeah. it would be a sound lot somewhere. But so Wow. Okay. I think that movie's interesting in that it doesn't try to explain why it happened. It's just <clears throat> this is one small story inside of a massive world-changing event. Yeah. And I think it was it was good for what it was. It, it's definitely on my shelf of... Glad I saw it. Don't need to. Probably don't need to watch it again. I'm still wondering. I won't say I'm interested, but I'm still wondering when we're going to get that definitive 9-11 movie. We're 20 years out from it. You know, like James Cameron did the definitive Titanic movie. There's been movies about 9-11 aspects of it, but there hasn't been that. Here's, (sighs) And I don't know if we're going to see it in our lifetime because, look, it took... uh, we think like Charlie Wilson's war, <laughs> sixty nine years or fifty nine years to get the Pearl Harbor movie. Yeah, Thank you, Michael Bay, and uh, yeah, I, I think you've got to be you've got to be separated enough from the politics of yep. it that it's not gonna not gonna blow back on somebody because I mean most of the principal people involved with it are still alive. Yeah, I mean, you know, aside from some of the terrorists, but it, it, it's a. I think when it does come out, it's going to be a political movie and not a a religious movie. I think, it, yeah, I think it can be just, I think it should take a page from World Trade Center, not explain why, but just here's how the a day unfolded. Yeah. And I tell you, if it was, if the for the person who does it, just make it like Zero Dark Thirty. And there you go. Love that's, that movie. That's a heavy movie. That is a heavy movie. Fun story about Zero Dark Thirty fun story (laughs) interesting story about zero dark 30 um the original premise for the movie was about the failed attempt 
to find bin Laden. Oh, no kidding. And they are weeks, if not months, into full production of Zero Dark Thirty. And then they get bin Laden. I didn't know that. And have to completely re- rewrite the third huh. act of the movie, which is great well, yeah. because, because the third act of the movie is incredible. Yeah. But isn't that interesting? The movie was originally about the failed attempt to find bin Laden. Now you watch this. going to be a movie about the making of exactly. Zero Dark Thirty. Exactly. <laughs> um, the other movie came out in 2006, and then we're going to zip through the rest of these because I know you guys want us to hear us talk the, the actual movie we watched yesterday. Is the one that showed the true cracks in the foundation for me is the one that made me say, oof. He might be a paycheck actor at this point. And that is the remake of The Wicker Man. Um, First of all, have you seen the original Wicker Man? I have not seen the original Wicker Man. So bizarre. It's a musical. Yeah. So um, my wife Sally and I, we went to go see this in the theaters. Like, I don't know if it was opening day, but um, had no idea that there was an original. We left the theater just going... What in the absolute fuck did we just watch? Are you what was that? I promise you, oh. the original one is super bizarre as well, man. But it takes place in a Scottish town, a town in Scotland, and uh, <laughs> and it's got um, oh jeez, brain fart. Uh, Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee is the the main heavy in that one. So what what I kept waiting for, I'm like, all right, there's just there's something I'm not understanding. There's a plot twist. There's a you know, a narrative that's just, I'm, I'm like falling behind on. Like, what am I not getting about this? And the movie's over, and you're just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Well, without getting into too much, and spoilers for a not great movie, uh, it, it you figure out eventually that the whole plot of the movie was just to get him on the island. Yeah. That was, that like, yeah. So, Ugh. all right. So, we're going to go through these real quick. I just want you to give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, or I haven't seen it. Okay. okay? All right. You ready? Ghost Rider. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Some thumbs down for me. Next. Thumbs down. National Treasure Book of Secrets. Thumbs down. Yeah. The book the original one, thumbs up, for sure. Did I miss did I miss the first National Treasure? That was in two thousand eight. That think? was two thousand four. I'm 2004. sorry. I skipped okay. over that one by accident. Okay. Oh, how about the original National Treasure? Yeah, oh, that's thumbs a thumbs up. up, yeah. Okay. All right. So then we're gonna go into knowing, which I saw in the theater. Uh is that the solar flare one? Or yeah. okay. Yeah. That's a thumbs up. I actually like that one. Better than I expected. Yeah. Better than I expected. Okay. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Did not see it. Neither did I. All right. Kick ass. Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Good one. Good one. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Did not see it. Season of the Witch. Did not see it. Drive Angry. Did not see it. Seeking Justice. Did not see it. Trespass. Uh, thumbs up, actually. Okay. Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, thumbs down. By the way, those were all 2011. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh, uh, 2012, A Thousand Words. Did not see it. Stolen. Uh, did see it, but I couldn't recommend it. Found. No, I'm kidding. It was made <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2013, The Croods. Did not see it. The Frozen Ground. Uh, thumbs up. Okay. Joe. Thumbs up. Joe's good. Good movie. Okay. That's when I finally went, okay, well, he's just throwing so much shit against the wall. Some of it's starting to stick. All right. All right. You ready? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. okay. Rage. Did not see it. Outcast. Did not see it. Left behind. Read all the books. Okay. 
Uh, saw the Kirk Cameron ones. Oh yeah, did not bother with <laughs> something else. Did not bother with this one because it was just like, all right, I've been there before. Those are something else. Yeah, they're the, uh, crazy. When you get to the third one, which I've seen with Lewis Gotcha Jr. as the president, it's the Left Behind Three: World at War. And yeah, they're, they're firing RPGs at cars and stuff. The like only that. reason I like those is I I enjoy like religious, you know, it's, dramas. It's, it's, it's interesting. Fun. Yeah, I shouldn't say all right, that. Where was it's I? Fun. All right, Dying of the Light. Did not see it. The Runner. Did not see it. Pay the Ghost. Did not see it. Trust. Did not see it. Dog eat dog. Uh, thumbs up. Okay. Snowden. Uh, thumbs up. Oof. This one's rough. I tried to watch this one. USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Oh, oh. God. No, I didn't see that. Ooh, what happens when the Mid- asylum makes a movie? <sighs> when, when the asylum company makes tries to make a big budget oh, movie? Oh, jeez. Uh, that had Mario Van Peebles in it, too, didn't no, it? No. I did think. It? I, hold on, hold on. I, I got to look. I got to look. I swear that has Mario Van Peebles in it. Yeah, yeah I would say pretty much oh, anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me reiterate. It's directed by Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm, no, but, listen, uh, New Jack City, New Jack, City. incredible movie, yeah. incredible movie. Okay, so we're we're getting into the real meat. This of is it yeah, here, this okay? is that that, that ten year period where it's like because this is 2016. Okay, oh, man. so 2017, we're going to get into Arsenal. Nope. Vengeance, a love story. Nope. Inconceivable. Nope. Mom and Dad. Nope. Mandy. Yes. Hey, Mandy's good. Mandy's good. Looking Glass. Nope. The Humanity the Humanity Bureau. Nope. Two eleven. Nope. Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah, he All was right. uh Superman, right? Yep. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Loved him in that. All right. Beyond Worlds. Nope. Uh a score to settle. Nope. Color Out of Space. Nope. Running with the Devil. Yes. That's a, that's a, I love that movie. Uh, and that's just not because, not just because the director is a good friend of mine, but I actually really No, that was a good one. Because he because, starts, this is where right around like 2018, 2019, yeah. like. He starts doing every, smaller every movies. other one, every ever, every third one. It's like, whoa. These smaller movies where he's given good, really good performances. Yeah. And, and I say this about Running with the Devil is, I had an opportunity to see the movie before I met Jason, and you know I'll be completely honest. I get sent movies all the time to watch, and if I don't like the movie, I'm not going right. to move forward with with pursuing an interview. So, like I, when I say I really like this movie, I, yeah. I really like this movie. I couldn't wait to talk to him. Yeah. All right. Continuing in 2019, Kill Chain. Nope. Primal. Nope. Grand Isle. Uh, I think I saw that one, but again, if I if I can't recommend it, it probably wasn't that memorable. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Nope. The Crudes, A New Age. Oh, of course. You got kids. Yep. Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Yes. Okay. Do I recommend it? I recommend people watch it. Okay. Just because it's freaking crazy. Okay. And it's it's a fun movie. Okay. Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> we talked about that before. I love it. I think it's a great movie. I, I love it. So we said movie. it's the best Nick Cage dialogue Absolutely. ever. <laughs> he nails the dialogue so much. Pig, which obviously you put as one of your favorite yeah, movies of the one year. One of my be- best of last year. Okay. And then um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, just terrible. Really? No, I'm kidding. Jeez. <laughs> See, okay. So for listeners out there, just so you know, Jason and I, we have this thing when we watch these movies. Is we do not discuss what we saw about the films until we're actually recording. Although yep. I did call you yesterday and be like, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. I know. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so, earmuffs, um, earmuffs. Real quick, I'll just start by saying a couple couple things about my experience going to see the movie. I went to Regal. Uh, no twosies in, okay. in this yeah, particular theater. This was this, which made me a little nervous. Yep. So I had no choice but to buy two seats. 
on the end so I could sit on the end and no one guarantee that no one was going to sit next to me. Yep. That being said, I watched, I proceeded to watch a, uh, an older lady, probably in her seventies, come in with two pillows and a blanket <laughs> and proceed to make her seat up like it was a bed. And, and then she brought up, busted out a glass of wine. And I'm just like, she was sitting in the same aisle as me. And I'm like, it's so going to be me 30 yeah, years. Yeah. I now. love you. Um, delightfully though, there were more people. This was the most, with the exception of obviously the Batman yeah. premiere, but even more than when, when I saw Batman, the Batman that second time, uh, there were more people in this Nicolas Cage movie than, than anything I've seen all year long at, at the Hollywood 16. Yeah, I was super excited because the same thing. I went in on a Thursday, I think at 3 o'clock the day it came out. And normally when I go in on a Thursday, especially at the early movie, unless it's like, you know, I went to go see the Fantastic Beasts and... There were 20 people there when I went to go see that. There were more people here for the Nick Cage movie, I think, than Fantastic Beasts on a Thursday. And I walked in. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. That's no, great. No, no. I mean, that, and I think that speaks to – he's been a star for a while. He's never fallen off the map. He's made yeah. some interesting choices. Right off the bat, I'm just going to tell you my impressions of the movie were this. I had – a hell of a good time watching yes. this movie. I was, I had a smile on my face. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm driving to the theater. I'm a little tired. I've worked all week and I'm like, I got look, kind of lower expectations. I don't know what to yeah. expect. And I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go to this movie. I'm just tired. <laughs> the second that movie opens up with shot, a shot from Con Air and I just a smile erupted on my face and I was like, I am in. I'm yes. in on this movie. So your initial impressions of the, the film. The exact same thing when he's doing that stupid ass. Southern accent, yeah. and then that's the girl in in uh, Spanish just goes, fucking Nicolas Cage, <laughs> like yes, fucking Nicolas Cage, like that's a it was from from the onset there was never a pause, there was never that dip in action or dialogue or it just and I think even Nicolas Cage said at one point like we want to make a character driven story like. Screw the plot, but the characters are what's important. And that's what it is. And then, it, but what's, what's wonderful, I'm going to keep this spoiler free for a little bit. Okay. But they foreshadow the entire movie. <laughs> so, so the basic plot of the film is Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage in 2022 or 2021, yeah. whenever the movie was filmed. And I know it was filmed during the pandemic because I see, I saw some people in the background with masks with on. Mass on. Okay. So I know it was filmed during pandemic times. He is, you know, he's living at the Sunset Tower. By the way, I just want to say the movie opens up with him having a meeting with David Gordon Green yes. at Chateau Marmont. <laughs> and when I was in L.A., on the same day, I had breakfast at the Sunset Tower. No way. And then we had lunch at Chateau Marmont, <laughs> literally sitting probably at that same table oh, that they were awesome. sitting at. So he has a meeting with David Gordon Green. Uh, Director of Halloween. T- Halloween, then, Halloween yeah. Kills. And, then, and he's trying to... He's, he's trying to sell himself. He's trying to land a big role. Like yeah. he, he just establishes right away that he's he's financially struggling a little bit, and he needs he needs. This to is get, it. This, this is the one that yeah. gets the one that gets him back. The one that gets and him he back. arrives in what a nineteen eighties Porsche. I think it was a Ferrari. It was a Ferrari. Nineteen eighties Ferrari. Yeah, like yeah. you're just looking at him like he's he's making fun of himself because it's Nick Cage. So he does he could have he could have said no 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 I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna arrive in a you know. James Bond's Aston Martin yeah. from 1969. He picked some old beater. He was all in on this performance. Like, he was all in on... It's not a movie making fun of him by any stretch of the imagination. And I, uh, there, there could have been... 
so many elements of the film that would have parodied, but yeah. a parody of what he did. But it's a very well constructed deconstruction it is. of his, yeah, his and, career. And the the things that it pokes fun at are some of his proclivities, but not like, oh, you made like 40 crappy movies in the last five years. Like, what were you thinking? Because you get in, well, we'll he, get in. He acknowledges in the, yeah. in the like that. He goes, it's not a career. It's, 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 it's just what I do. I, I have yeah. to always be working. I have to always be acting. That's why yeah. I did so many movies. Th- <laughs> yeah. What do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's meeting with David Gordon Green, trying to pitch him on this serious film. <laughs> and he just, and, and you could tell David Gordon Green once. And yeah. He's, he's like, like, he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. You want me to read for you? No, no, I know you won't read. Of course I'm not going to read for you. All right, I'm going to read for you right yeah. now. <laughs> um, so he doesn't get the part. His agent. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Who also plays yeah. himself in another movie, the Harold and Kumar. Yeah. So Neil Patrick Harris so, is great yeah. in this movie. Uh, so he, he plays his agent. And yeah. and basically he says, look, there's an offer on the table for you to fly out to this estate slash compound in Spain and spend – you know, a birthday, spend this guy's birthday yeah. with him and he's going to pay you a million dollars to come out there. Yep. And first he turns it down, but then he needs the money because he's, he's, he's rung up a $600,000 tab at the Sunset Tower. He gets, <laughs> he gets turned down for the part that he was wanting to get at his daughter's birthday. And that's an important thing. It's yeah. important to stress that this movie is also about the relationship he has with his ex and with his daughter. Yeah. And the fact that his daughter is, they're, I won't say they're estranged. They're not estranged, but they don't have a bond like he would hope because. Right. He thinks they do, but. He, yeah. Yeah. And, and she literally doesn't know any. He doesn't. In her mind, she does. He doesn't know anything about her. Yeah. Because everything they've ever done is always about yeah. he wants to do the movies we want to watch and stuff like that. So eventually he takes the offer to go to Spain and to meet Javi, played by <laughs> Pedro Pascual. And, Oh, such a who steals the movie, <laughs> steals the movie. So and then again, this is keeping it as spoiler free as possible. But it, Pedro Pascual, we'll call him Javi. He may not be who he says he is. Right. Uh, some government agents are going to get involved and they're going to try to recruit Nick Cage. And it becomes a, a spy thriller character piece. Yep. Off the rails. Nick Cage action movie by the t- by the time and, the movie's over. You know, you just get these you get these glimpses of. Of who Nick Cage, who he wants to show who he is, I guess. Where, where So you've gotten to the point where he's at this party and he's got it in his head that he's done acting. That there's no role left that's going to save him. He's gotten to the point where he's just, he's done for. And you see that, like my, one of my favorite parts was you see that with him when he's at the pool. And then he recreates that scene from leaving Las Vegas where he, where he just yeah. drops in the pool and just <laughs> I mean I'm going ah come on so it turns out that Javi is the world's biggest Nicolas Cage fan in yes. the world and knows him inside now and when Javi finds out he he wants to quit acting he's just like devastated he he formed a bond and a friendship which felt so real and Didn't so it? genuine and their yeah. chemistry was so perfect yeah and I guess spoilers for we won't spoil the ending of the movie we won't talk yeah. about that but just spoilers for some things that happen in the film just when those two are on screen together, the movie's just... It's magic. It's its magic. Yeah. And just a perfect, perfect pairing. And that, I'm sorry, but that entire sequence where they drop where acid... Where they drop acid, and Pedro Pascal is driving, and he just, just looks over at yeah. him with that goofy-ass <laughs> smile, and he's like... 
<laughs> the wall scene had me dying. I mean, had me dying. I I only wished use me as your stool. <laughs> the trailer wouldn't have revealed the end of that. I won't. I won't. Yeah. I, won't I won't reveal it on this podcast. But I rewatched the trailer in preparation for this. And I'm like, why did you? you, you the end. You give away joke, the best part. Give away the best part of that yeah. joke. But it's just so funny. It was I mean, really great. So so funny. So the question I have for you. All right. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and I was talking to her, and she said, uh, I haven't really seen a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. Do you think I would like this film? And I said, well, that's an interesting question, because here we are. We're in our 40s. This girl I was talking to, I think she's early 30s, and she's like, no, I I haven't watched a lot of – she goes, I think I saw Face Off, and I'm just like, well, you're from a different era than us. And so – that's the question that was sort of lingering in my mind. So here's what I think. If you don't know Nick Cage movies, you will definitely still like this. You won't get a lot of the inside humor. But – and some of these parts were in the trailers but not in the movie. When Tiffany Haddish and uh, Ike Barinholtz were talking, he's like, oh, that's Nick Cage. He's from Crudes too." Like, how would I know he's from Crudes too? I'm in my 40s. <laughs> that's what he said. He's from Face Off exactly <laughs> and Con Air. That was – that, but that was the best part because yeah. I'm 44 years old. He yeah. says I'm four. He goes I'm 44 year old man. Yeah. I have not seen Crudes too. Yeah. Of course I, I haven't seen Crudes too. <laughs> so that so that's what it comes down to is if if you haven't seen all of his old I hate saying older movies because he's been doing this for 40 years now. Yeah, 40 um, years. 40 years of making movies. You will definitely appreciate this movie. I don't care who you are. You'll appreciate this movie. The more you know about Nick Cage. Uh, I think it lends more credence to it, and yeah. it'll, it'll make a bigger impact. And I just – it's a very, very meta movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's playing himself. See, but Javi has has written a screenplay that yep. he wants Nick to, to star in. And there's a great line when, when – I don't want to give a plot – give too much of a plot <laughs> no, you away. you got to. That's, it, that's but great. but uh, when, when Nick Cage has been recruited by the CIA to kind of figure out what's Javi's <laughs> M.O., uh, he's got to he's got to figure out a way to stay longer because he's yeah. only supposed to stay for the birthday and then fly back. So he's got to find a way to stay longer. And he says, you know, you got to send me the script. And he, he goes, I read the script. He goes, do you want to be in it? No, 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 no I don't. But <laughs> no. that's, a, that's that's not the point. <laughs> and you just see his face like, ah. Uh. <laughs> but then they proceed to talk about making a movie together. And over the course of 20, 30 minutes through an acid trip, through the whole thing, they foreshadow the entire movie which starts off as a character drama character piece just dialogue not much of a plot and then in the movie ends up in a full-on 90s nick cage action film yeah i mean they go through everything like then we we need to add a drug scene it's like yeah check Check. that has to be a kidnapping (laughs) you know like there's just so but it's just it was so fun how it all just wrapped up and you said something to me interesting when i when i saw you on friday night you said this movie is a hundred and what, hundred and forty minutes? Yeah, it doesn't feel like it, does it? It doesn't feel like it. I wish, no, I wish more movies would be this length because it was perfectly timed. When the movie was over, I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." I was in and out two hours. Yeah, here's but, the only the. This is the one time I wish the movie was a little bit longer. I wish that there was a little more background with the whole CIA component. Yeah, when it gets flushed out, you know, later on. But other than that, I mean. The clip that they just kept going at, I'm like, I was shocked. I mean, I I went back and I'm like, I got to look up who directed this movie. And Tom Gormican? Yeah, yeah. He's not – listen, he doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page. I Somebody give this guy a medal 
for coming out of the gates with such a strong movie. And he he's one of the writers. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this I is, mean, it was it was a it was amazing. There is, and I want to give a shout out to to great friend of the show, Adam Risky. I, I know you're listening, Adam. Adam has gone on record of talking about how how much his love for Paddington Two, how strong <laughs> his love for Paddington Two is. In fact. <laughs> Uh, and you guys, I probably, really do enjoy Paddington Two. You as guys well. are probably wondering why the fuck are we talking about Paddington Two right now, <laughs> and and because of Adam's love of this movie, I ended up watching Paddington and Paddington no, Two because I was like, I'm never, never going to watch these movies. <laughs> and after Paddington Two was over, I'm like, well, that was incredible. That was a really great. That movie. was a great movie. <laughs> so there's a scene where Javi and Nick they're trying his three, know, three, Nick, three, his three favorite movies. movies, and he says first movie was Face Off. Yep. And the second one was uh, uh, that candidate of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, which which Nick Cage had tried to show it to his daughter. Yeah. And then finally, he's like his third one. He's like, it's Paddington 2. <laughs> and Nick's like, what are you talking about? And then you see a scene where they're watching. They're watching it. It. He's, he's just crying. He's crying. <laughs> so, Adam, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. And I hope I haven't spoiled uh, I haven't spoiled that joke. But uh, it's referenced a couple times. Yeah. And they're great. making a third one. And I hope so. so. Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, uh, the world could learn a lot. We could all learn a lot from watching Paddington too. Absolutely. So you know, overall, I'm just I'm so glad this movie exists. And I, I do want to say this, Jason. There is a scene. There's a few scenes in the movie where they're talking about how do you get a movie made. Yes. And they do. They certainly do reference the current climate that we're in. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's what we've talked about before as well. You know, I just think it's just such a you know such a smart movie. The way that they put the care into literally every piece of dialogue. And by the time I got to the end of it, I saw where the end was going. I know we're not going to talk right. about it, but um, it was it it was perfect the way it ended. For me, I will say, you know, they, they call Marvel out by name. Yep. And I love when that happens. But he's, he, you know, the cage like, it has to have a big action set piece or kidnapping something or else it's you know it's never gonna be on the big screen you know yeah. look at marvel Mar- yeah. that's why marvel movies are exist yeah you know and so you know it's i love when a movie's so self-aware that it, it knows its own climate like it knows the climate that it's existing in yeah so and i think we were we were texting before i went and go, to go see the movie and you know I, I i'm still thinking this is going to be a cult classic it's going to be around yeah. i mean it'll it'll be around on tnt and tbs forever but you know in the the pantheon of movies where the star is the star, this stands alone. I yeah. mean, there's very few, but I mean, there's a B and John Malkovich, but that's yeah. You not- got like this is the end. I yeah. mean, there's just a few. This is the end. Is such. A- but here's <laughs> that one's like falling through the cracks. That movie is so funny. <laughs> I know. So here's my favorite part of the entire movie is Nikki. Oh yeah, we have not talked about Nikki. Well, should we should we talk about? Nikki? I think so because it, leave, okay. he pops up in the first what ten minutes, oh, maybe in, in, in the car ride when he's when he's going to meet David Gordon Green. Yeah, he's in the car. So Nikki is um, uh, <laughs> his just, imaginary friend, but it's his younger version of himself, and it's, it's obviously with the de aging effects. Yes, it's an amalgamation of I think at least probably two or three different movie versions of There's himself. Definitely the character from Moonstruck in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, just the way that he, I mean, it's Nick Cage being down on himself, like oh, I'm not gonna get it. And he's like, "You're Nicholas fucking Cage. Yep. <laughs> you're not a, you're not an actor. You're a movie star." And then the scene in the bar between the two of them, that intimate scene. Yes. Oh, um, Nick Cage is great kisser. <laughs> yeah, he's a great smoocher. Great smoocher. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, 
I adored that. And that he was credited as um in the post credit scenes as Nicholas Kim Coppola. Yes. <laughs> um let's see. Um Cage also portrays Nikki Cage, credited as by Cage birth name Nicholas Kim Coppola. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Here's the thing about this film. Opened up in fifth place over the weekend. Yeah. Opened up a little under ten million dollars. Just good. Movie cost thirty million to make. Okay. You know, it's it'll make its money back. You know, it will be in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah it, it'll be profitable. You know, it's Nick Cage's big actor around the world. Um, what I thought was nice was there were some people coming in less yesterday, like people our age bringing their teenage kids with them to the movie. Yeah, and I just thought, well, that's interesting because now they're you know they're going to open up this entire library of Nick Cage film just for the people who've never. You know, I guess it's crazy to me to think that people who can drink nowadays were born in 2001 before, oh, <laughs> before most of Nick Cage's movies, oh, I never thought about greatest that. Oh movies came out. That's like me, you know, not, I mean, I'm 79. So all the movies that came before, I do my best to, yeah, to check those out, but, um, I seek them out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's just wild to think about. There's a, there's a whole entire, group of people out there on Twitter and Instagram that have never seen face off or have never, you know, I mean, he did what 30 movies in the nineties. Oh yeah. I mean, he was him and him and John, they were, they were, yeah, they were competing in some yeah. cases. They, they were together. Yeah. I'm going to close by saying I had the best time with this film. I will, I probably won't make another trip to the theater to see it, uh, but I'll definitely. This will be a buy when it comes out on iTunes. Like this will be yeah. this will be a movie that I own. I can I can say first movie I can remember in a while. The theater was laughing, and I actually spit soda out of my mouth yeah. laughing. Like it was, it was an it was a fun movie. I think yeah, I think it goes without saying. We should we should emphasize like. We're talking about how meta this thing is, but this movie is fucking hilarious. It's really funny. And, 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 and I will say this, the more you know about Nicolas Cage's filmography and his career, the more yeah. you know about it, because there are so many inside <laughs> jokes in this movie. Yeah. And that if you, if you've never seen a Nicolas Cage movie, I think you'll still find it funny. Yeah. But trust me, do your research. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and, and have fun with it. There's so many good Nicolas Cage movies. How many comedies come out nowadays that aren't just these major productions this was one of them it was it was fantastic it really was it really was so awesome well jason we're getting closer and closer to may 27th i'm telling you that's the one <laughs> that's the one yep so i'm psyched yeah is there anything else coming out on the horizon i guess there's a new doctor strange movie doctor coming, strange out, which, coming out will you go see that in the theater i already have my tickets Okay. Um, only because it's like Listen. we talked about before. It's it's two hours. Well, this one might be three hours <laughs> of fun, and they've got me hooked. It's uh, Doctor or Professor Xavier is probably coming back. Tom Cruise may make an appearance. So I mean, Humphrey Bogart might be there. <laughs> that comes out two weeks from the time we're recording. Yep. <sighs> probably go see that movie. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll do it because I saw No Way Home, so I get the multiverse, but, but I'm not like, I'm like, yeah. my hope in this is that Doctor Strange dies, our Doctor Strange dies, but for a good reason. Well, I will say this because we've talked about that, like, get out of there. 
God yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You got to go. You got you you yeah. you've got you got way, other things to do. Way better things. Way to Way more important movies. So to I'm probably going to go see the movie. So hence we may even do a podcast on it. But the reason my motivations for seeing the movie um, really have to do with uh, I believe the running time is I think they've clocked in at like two hours and forty minutes or something like two hundred forty two uh, a long movie. Yeah, I'm going to be very curious. Marvel movies. Maybe Endgame had some pacing issues, yeah. but as a whole, Marvel movies seem to have a really good pace to them. And and I want to see this movie compared to the Batman, which I was I found to be a grind to get through. Which is on HBO Max. Yeah, now. I rewatched it again, and it's still a grind to get through. It's still a grind to get through. I tried to watch it again. Yeah. I, put, I, I fired it up on the TV, and I was like, I, as soon as it opens up, and you know, it's like the Joker with the binocular, I mean, the Riddler with the binoculars, and I'm just like, oh, you could have cut this scene down by three minutes. There's <laughs> I know so, many, after so the, many places you could have. After the that fourth film. time, they went to that you know high rise, and they're talking. I'm like, wrap it up, come on. <laughs> I don't think, and I know we're talking about. <laughs> Nicholas Cage movies, but I don't think God unless the next Batman movie they make just hits it out of the park, does a dark night. I think this one is is gonna be remembered as fondly as the Nolan films. No. Uh, no. However, still seeing the reviews online, um, you know, of course, like day one it clocked in at a nine point one, four point eight out of five stars, like the best Batman movie ever yeah. made. We're Three months past that, almost. It's out on video. Um, which I still say it's out on video because I know, yeah, oh, yeah, it's an old man term. I'm still seeing the reviews are pretty positive. Yeah, it hasn't taken that dive that you expect. Like all those negative people watch it and go, "Y'all are out of your damn mind." It's not a bad movie. No, it's not a bad movie. It's like, just long. It's really well done. Yeah, it's exceptionally good looking film. Good performances. Good actors. Yeah, it's an hour longer than it needs to yeah. be. If I see those two twins at that club again, I'm gonna punch them in the face. Right. So, <clears throat> so on that note, everybody, thank you so much. And again, I always want to mention that if you want to join our Patreon, you can do so. Uh, there's a link in this show's notes description. There you can find exclusive bonus podcasts that are not available anywhere else. Plus, you get early access to all upcoming Dana Buckler Show episodes. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Dana Buckler Show. I'm on Twitter at Dana Buckler. I'm on Twitter. It's yeah. at Jason underscore Waters. One. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just look for me. I'm always on Dana's page. I'll, well, I'll yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you could find Jason. Yo, I'm around. Find, Jason. All right, Jason. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Yeah, absolutely. Man. All right. And my name is Dana Buckler. And thank you so much for listening.